Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking, or if you are experiencing extreme psychological distress. episode, join me, your host, Batman Saram, along with the author of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Join Michael and myself in an interactive discussion of sharing our stories as we journey together in transforming what can be the gift of being what we call hunter types. This podcast is intended to be your audio companion to the book written by Michael, who joins me each episode where we both will strive to foster dialogue, give you our personal insights, and share both of our experiences on this similar path that we are all on. Our intention and hope is that along with the book, this podcast gives you an additional perspective as you listen to us delve deeper into each chapter of the book to give you even more tools to go along with what it is that you are reading. Visit us at drummerandthegreatmountain.com to purchase the book and look for more tools, tips, and updates, as well as giving us feedback on this podcast. Join our growing global community of creative types, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers on our shared journey. Welcome to the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast. and you shall receive a phrase, a saying that I've uh, become more accustomed to lately and use. And I guess it's all part of manifestation maybe in some people's books and in how they approach life. And one of the things the drummer and the great mountain community has been asking for lately on this podcast and very recently too, is you asked for that we had the female generation of our hunter types. We had female hunter types really start to tap into what we're doing here and give us just some amazing stories and some amazing feedback. And recently, you in the female community have been asking for female hunter types on the show. Ask and you shall receive. And Michael emailed me a couple of weeks ago and said, I've got our first female hunter type guest who's willing and being gracious enough to be on the show. And wow, do we have a good one for you today. Welcome to the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast, your audio guide to the transformational guide to adult ADD, ADHD by Michael Joseph Ferguson, who joins me today along with our really special guest, Tina Harlow. Her website is guidingbright.com. That's one word, guidingbright.com, and you will love it the second you start to read about Tina and what she does, and we're going to learn a lot about her and her both her personal journey and her professional journey, which is fascinating 
in what she is and what she's doing in the world of hunter types. So without further ado, I'm not going to blabber as much today. I'm going to try to let Tina do as much of the talking as possible. Tina, thank you so much for your time and welcome to the Drummer in the Great Mountain. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited as well. Tell us, uh, for those that maybe haven't heard of Guiding Bright, tell us a little bit about Guiding Bright and what it is you do and a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so I work with kids um, who have the social and emotional characteristics of giftedness, um, but they may not be recognized through the educational system as being gifted. Um, they could be gifted creatively, athletically, um, and in a variety of other ways. And in doing that, I have encountered a number of hunters um, who have the hunter characteristics um, and are incredibly bright. And what have you, so how did you get it? I mean, how did you get into this? How, tell us about it. I love your story in, in, in how you explain yourself on your website. Give our audience a little bit about Tina's both personal journey and professional journey and how the two kind of have come together to, to who you are today. Okay. Um, well, I um, am a licensed clinical social worker. Um, so I've been a therapist my entire adult life. I shouldn't just say therapist. I've been a social worker. I've done a lot of different types of things. Um, but as, as I've gone through my journey in the last couple of years, um, I realized that I was a hunter. Um, and I kind of just stumbled upon that. Um, I had worked in a job for 13 years in which I, um, it was a very high stress job. Um, and I got very, very anxious in that job. Um, and I felt like my anxiety, um, and the ways that I worked were directly related to the job until I left that job and realized that I still had those kind of symptoms going on. Um, so I started researching a little bit on anxiety. That's how it all started. Um, and I came upon a website um, of an ADHD coach, and I realized that that was me. Um, and then as I kept on doing research, um, I realized that I was, I had the characteristics of giftedness as well, as did my, um, my family, um, both like my parents as well as my children. Um, and in, through that process, I started recognizing um, my son's um, ADHD qualities or hunter qualities and we ended up getting him tested for giftedness and he is indeed gifted so this started an entire this opened a whole new world for me um that combines both of these things as well as a variety of other things but um just understanding myself has helped so much it's just helped me personally as well as professionally and has um this whole thing has kind of become my passion i guess um and i want to help other parents guide their children and understand their children that's fantastic. Well, you know, it's Michael here. So to checking in with, uh, like, having, you know, been friends with you for a while and then just how the synchronicity of us even connecting and looking at what you're doing with Guiding Bright, um, it's been fascinating. And I think it would be really important for the uh, – just going into a little bit more of your background, we had, a, a, we had talked previously and you had mentioned a, 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 an expression that I, both me and Bamman really liked, which is – you said that your clock ran fast. Can you tell me a little bit about that and like just your experience in terms of your perception of time as you've grown up? Yes, definitely. Um, particularly as an adult, I think as a kid, you know, there's 
a lot of kids are fast and busy. <laughs> um, I think as an adult, it became more evident to me that, um, yeah, like I say, my clock runs fast. Um, you know, when I was at work, I would um, walk to other people's offices, like I'd run up the stairs rather than just make mm -hmm. a phone call. Um, you know, I was, I, I just always felt like I was moving faster than the world around me. Um, yeah. And I often thought that people around me were moving slowly until I realized it was just that I was moving fast and my brain was moving really fast. Yeah. And um, I like that it's a strategy too of like, and that's, that's something I mentioned in the book too of like movement is so essential in, in, you know, it sounds like you couldn't even help it. Like you just had, to, like you had to move and yep. like go to see people. And, and, but, but uh, I think there's probably people listening that have jobs where they think, okay, I have to like sit here and, and it just kills them. Where actually you were actually adapted to the situation and went, okay, I'm just going to like, you have, you had your, your rituals that you did that fit in with just how you were moving through the world at your job. And it seems like it, it supports you well. It sounds like you, maybe you can share a little bit of your background in terms of a little more specifics on um, just your accomplishments, because you've actually done quite a bit. And before that, if I could just add to the conversation that the, this imagery, Tina, you gave of, of running up the stairs in the office in, in a high stress job world. Let me just be completely transparent. I'm still in that world. I'm 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 in a in a corporate job, having kind of had my life be full time artist, then uh, corporate person, and back to full time artist. And now I'm in a phase of where I'm, I work in the corporate world. One of the things I've noticed about myself, even as I'm a not transformed, but in the process of being transformed, I guess we always are, as Michael says, we're never finished. But at, one of the things I've noticed that that will never change about being a hunter type is this office atmosphere we talk about, and I think it's it's worse than ever. And and that is this world of someone's in the cube next to you, and they want to instant message you to talk about a business topic, and and it just it it aggravates me and frustrates me to no end. You're literally in the cube next to me, so I <laughs> I, I don't understand how you're comfortable. I get I get up, I don't answer their instant message. I get up and I walk over. I say, okay, let's discuss it. And, and you know, that's just, I think, part of being who we are. That part of, I think it's social, but it's also like, why would I sit here and type away when I can interact? Because there, yeah. I mean, is that part of it, Michael? I feel like it's part of like needing the energy from somebody else too, which is a good thing, I would think. Exactly. And I think the other thing, I'm sure, Tina, you can attest to this too, that we're, we're because of technology, unfortunately, we've become, uh, I think we're losing social skills. Because yeah. we're not interacting with people in person as much, and, and we need all those emotional cues when we're communicating to another human being. Otherwise, things get really confused, and and you know, especially communications via text and all that. You have no idea what the context, emotional context for for communications is. So I think you know, just that alone is is a big you know making inter in connections with people in person is so vital to our just our emotional nurturance. Yeah, so sorry for the digression, but I just I had to put that input in there. Let's pick up Tina and 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 in two ways, if I could ask you, and then give you the floor. Michael asked about your personal accomplishments in in, in once you started. Let's take it from where you discovered, right? You discovered about your clock running fast. You started to notice some things. Take us from that point forward, and if you could include the anxiety piece, because I think that's really important for our female listeners out there or people who may know, think they know someone who's a female hunter type. Tell us about how the anxiety piece started to play a piece in discovering 
your wiring. And I love, by the way, that you have so far in this conversation always replaced the word gifted with other words. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, first of all, I guess just to go back on what um, Michael was saying, one of the things I would do um, in my prior job was, you know, I would do crazy things like I'd, I wouldn't be able to sleep because I'd be so anxious and worried about what I needed to be working on. And I'd be working on a major case or something. And I would get up at 3 a.m. and go into the workplace and stuff. And I realized I am the only person who does this. <laughs> like everybody <laughs> else doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily get driven in that way, I guess. Um, yeah. And so that, I think it was probably that behavior um, that I ended up getting an award, a statewide award in um, 2008 in the state of Colorado for, um, it was child welfare. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah. but that was based on my hyper-focus and perfectionism, which was not necessarily a healthy thing at all. Um, so, but anyway, that's some of the Hunter stuff playing out in me, I guess. Um, I guess as far as moving forward in my journey, um, there's a lot of things that I have ended up doing that have been very, very helpful for me. And Michael and his book, The Drummer and the Great Mountain, have certainly been very influential for me. Um, I think that probably one of the biggest things that I've done that has been helpful um, was to cut coffee because I, mm. I get so anxious on coffee. Um, and I do love it. It's delicious. But um, <laughs> guilty as charged here, too. I yeah. I the anxiety know. for me is just not worth it. Um, mm, so yeah. I took Michael's advice and switched over to Yerba Mate. And that's awesome because it, it allows me to focus without that anxiety piece um, that goes in there. Excellent. Yeah. At my, um, when I was working you know, at my, at my former job, um, we used to have to testify in court a lot. Um, and the attorney would always say, please, please do not drink coffee before you get on the stand. <laughs> <laughs> you noticed, huh? They noticed something's different. They noticed for sure. So. Well, I love how you, I, I, you know, this is, this is big for the hundred type community. It's, it's, um, I heard a, our, our, our office actually brought in a Navy SEAL last year for one of our um, company meetings. And he said a lot of interesting things, but I love the one, the one takeaway I had that was powerful, he, which he said was um, decide at any moment when you're about to like indulge in something or, or do something is, is the regret you're going to feel later worth the good you're going to feel now. It was something in that he, he said it a lot more elegantly than I just did. But I yeah. love what you said is in making this decision, this is big, whether you're a woman or a man, obviously in this case, but I, I loved how you said it, which is you still love it. It's still delicious, but yeah. you decided that the outcome is, is not worth it. And, and I think that's, that's a key piece for anybody out there. That's maybe in the beginning of the transformation process yeah. to really understand right michael is this is this is a big thing of making yourself worth it we've we've kind of talked about is i'm worth it i know what i it, it's delayed gratification almost it's like i know what coffee will give me now but you kind yes. of have to switch your your context don't you exactly and i think with diet especially that's a big thing and i know when i first kind of went into adjusting my diet and i actually would like to talk to tina about that too is that that was um that was 
like a challenge. Like, how do I change, you know, shifting diet and like, okay, well, these are the things I really like. But then in con, like now looking back, it's like all of the stuff that I thought was great and wonderful that I couldn't live without, like the sweets and like, they were killing me. Like, I I feel a hundred percent better because I'm not eating them. Like there's no cravings anymore. They've long gone. So to me, it's like the, the, the benefits exponentially outweigh whatever minute uh food addiction you have going toward towards those foods that are not nurturing you i mean seriously like that that it's so dramatic of the positive shift that you can make that it's not even worth it but it's hard to see it in the moment when you've got that craving and it's really strong and you want to go for whatever that food or substance is that you really love but if you can know, like if you could zoom ahead 10 years and go, wow, I can make this one change or change my diet or change my exercise a little bit and have such a dramatic positive impact that you do it in a second. So uh, Tina, what I, we had talked before about this. So what other practices have you put into place that, that work for you, that keep you like level and centered and man, helping you manage your business and, and like what, what helps you? Yeah, I've got a whole ton of things that help me <laughs> and have made a huge difference, many of them from you, Michael, so thank you so much. Um, one of the things I do is um, every morning I take omega-3 and vitamin D um, supplements. Um, I also take magnesium, which helps with focus and concentration. Yeah. Um, I, re- I exercise regularly, um, and I do a variety of different things. There's no one thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in a snowy place, so we cross-country ski a lot and that kind of thing. Um, And I do yoga every week. Um, And then I do meditation, which has been really helpful for me. Mm. Um, And you know those, uh, for seasonal affective disorder, you know those uh, lamps that they have? Yes. The meditation. Meditation lamp. I'm sorry, I'm calling it a meditation lamp because that's what I've started calling it. You <laughs> said <laughs> full spectrum? Yeah, the full spectrum lamps. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I, I use that to meditate. I meditate under that. Um, oh, brilliant. Great idea. Yeah. That is brilliant. Love it. Nice. Yeah, so I get a little shot of melatonin while I'm at it. Um, and is that particularly, let me just clarify, uh, That is that particularly, would you say, uh, winter like the heart of winter because of where because we've kind of talked about this you know about the, uh, the the hunter type who really truly is a hunter type and when uh, as far as their environment you know when you get when you live in a place that then puts you in a situation where you can't go out and exercise and be the hunter you've yeah. got to compensate so this sounds like something you've compensated particularly for a particular season huh yeah and i feel like we I mean, we're we're pretty deprived of sunlight as a society anyway. We just aren't outside, I think, the way that we were meant to be. Um, so even if the weather is, you know, well, if the weather's decent, you can go outside much easier. But, um, you know, I think anyway, we need more sunlight. Um, and how, and how, what's, what has, what, when you kind of discovered this and, and this is your own little, your own remedy, what, what were the changes you noticed? Like, what is it that you know? And do you do this at a particular time of day? I'm curious. Yeah, I do it in the morning. And particularly if you're using the light, you don't want to do it later in the day because it can keep you up at night. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do it in the morning um, just for a few minutes. And yeah, I, since I've been doing all of these things, um, I have been feeling so much more clarity and 
my clock has slowed down. Ah, there <laughs> it is. There it is. Not that it can't speed up. Sure. Go there, but I know how to bring it down um, in ways that I didn't used to before. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, I guess it's just an overall um, more calmness, more focus, definitely less scattered. I used to feel so scattered all the time, especially with coffee. Um, yes. So I, I just, I don't feel that way anymore, which is great. I'm cu- I'm curious, Tina. Let me just summarize some really great key points you made about for you the omega three, the vitamin D, the magnesium, and I love the concept of the meditation lamp. Man, do I I really love the sound of that. I want to take us into uh, we're we're talking about being a female hunter type. That's kind of the topic of the show, and I want to before we shift into your 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 professional and personal work with having kids and working with kids who are who are gifted i, I want to finish up on a very important topic is could you tell us especially for a female audience um about being a hunter type mom so let's just uh, keep it to you as a hunter type and being a mother and being a female relate to our female hunter types out there about what it is, if you were to compare yourself to uh, your female friends who are not hunter types, what is the differences you've noticed and the adjustments you've made? Okay. So I think I'll start with being a woman first. Yes. It's <laughs> probably a good idea. Um, good logical order. I like that. Yes. Um, so I don't think I can discuss being a woman without, you know, bringing up the fact that we have cyclical hormone, uh, situations that go on for us sure um, which is a little bit different um and i think during those times i know for myself um my anxiety peaks for sure um i am super sensitive to others and sensitive to what i say to others like i worry about how what i said or did might have impacted someone else And I worry about that so much more um, when my hormones are kind of in that cyclical time. Yeah. Um, I, my, my non-hunter friends don't necessarily um, experience things to that intensity, I guess. Um, And certainly can get down in the dumps and all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, And then I think, Another thing I'd like to talk about as far as being a woman, because I see this also with um, the moms that I end up working with through my work as well, Um, at least in my world here, I think a lot of women, um, especially hunter women, just take everything on. We feel like we have to do everything. Um, If you're a mom, you're parenting, you're working, you're trying to do, you know, trying to be a good wife, you're trying to do it all. Um, and it gets completely overwhelming sometimes. Um, and you just feel like you've got the world on your shoulders, I guess. Um, this whole process has helped me to take a step back from that. Um, and to be able to let other people, um, take on some things. I don't need to do everything. My husband is completely capable. My children are completely capable. Um, and when I try to do everything, I'm robbing them of their capability. Wow. Ah, so great. so yeah. what I'm hearing, it's funny. I feel like the therapist and you're on my couch and now I'm like relating things back to you. Um, but it's because it's really important for, I want to make sure our audience gets some really just really um, 
profound points that you're making, and I'm writing notes feverishly as you're talking here, Tina, which is, so it sounds like being a hunter-type woman first, we want to talk about the mom role next, and we've kind of gotten into that, but let's just talk about being a woman and the things that are physically different for a woman than a man, and as you said, the cyclical hormone, that time of the month. So it sounds like if there's a potential hunter-type female out there that if you find yourself kind of falling into superwoman syndrome and feel like you're taking on, you know, feel like you have to be the superwoman and you have to take on all these things and then the effects when you get into that state of mind, the negative effects of that, maybe for some women at this time, their clock runs really fast and then there's the anxiety. So is it safe to say that that's kind of a summary is that for the hunter type woman versus the farmer type woman, the superwoman syndrome is more intense is that fair i think so i mean i certainly can't speak for all hunter women but i certainly see this um amongst the women that i work with and i you know i i think that's just a woman well i can't say it's a woman thing <laughs> but i i see that in a lot of hunter women i guess i can say um is that i just think we we end up running um in a million different directions and just taking too much on yes yeah, you know, and I want to bring in one extra point here that I think is important just in terms of support for um, hormonal uh, challenges that I've seen really helpful. So it sounds like you don't have the dark cloud serotonin piece. Uh, is that correct? Do you get like the, the dark cloud ever, like the depression? The, does that ever come in at certain times of the month? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's, um, I think that comes with those days. Sometimes I can wake up sometimes and be like, whoa, this is going to be a day, you know, and I just yeah. I feel like I don't want to get out of bed, you know? Um, and that's on those kind of days. I just say, you know what, today I'm going to do what I need to do to get through this day <laughs> and yes. just be gentle to myself, um, yeah. and not, not try to do it all. You know, and see, that's a great point. And I think, you know, from what I've seen from coaching, there's varying degrees of, of hunter types that have the serotonin challenge as well. So the dopamine, sort of the the motivation, the focus, and all that. Uh, with the serotonin piece, it's it just as an added because because we're on the topic. Um, Saint John's wort tea is really helpful. I've seen mm -hmm. it when there's in keeping the serotonin levels up, especially when there's the, you're in the, that time of the month where the hormones are changing and t oftentimes the serotonin gets a little tweaked. Uh, so that's something as another uh, suggestion to the audience to look at like Yogi Tea's Blues Away Tea. That's a really good tea. And it could just help give you that extra boost so that you're not just like in the pit um, as well as feeling all of the other things that are going on during that time of the month. I've seen that really help with uh, some of the clients, clients that I work with. That's great. Uh, so Tina, do you want to go into a little bit of, a little bit more about like working with your kids and if like it just like maybe and then have that dovetail a little bit into your work with Guiding Bright because I'd like to hear a little bit about just any strategies that you found work well as being a hunter type mom. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, so I guess the first thing I would say is that um, the most important piece in our family, I think, from my perspective anyway, has been um, me understanding myself so that I could better understand the rest of my family yeah. <laughs> um, and, and being able to work on myself a little bit and tweak the things where I needed to tweak. Um, 
so one of the the biggest things is we as hunters are all super sensitive to the environment around us. Um, yeah. We are sensitive to everything that we take in um, and we're sensitive to other people. And so if I'm really frustrated and I'm fussing at my children for whatever, they're going to take that on. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and understanding that and really, really getting that has been huge because I cannot respond to my children when I'm not in a good place. Um, so I have learned that I don't need to deal with everything right at that very moment. I can give myself time. And when I give myself time, yeah. I can really come up with great ideas to respond effectively. Yeah. Um, and it's much more impactful. Mm. Um, so I think that that has been incredibly helpful for me in this process is just changing how I manage things. Um, can you and, give an example of that? Or like, like, like a situation that you can remember where like, okay, that happened. And then uh, you took that strategy and it, like, maybe like something you did in the past that you like, you kind of jumped into it and then you decided, okay, no, actually I should have just taken a breath and handled the situation in a different way. I can name so many situations in which I should have taken a breath and did it. I mean, yes. tons of them, especially as parent, you know, when you're parenting, that's the story of our life, right? I mean, you're, you're constantly just reacting to things um, and not always doing it well. If you want to hear one of my really bad reactions. Sure. Yeah, sure. It would be when um, a few years ago, my my son was having a terrible meltdown of some sort, and um, and I just he was eating dinner, and I threw his pork chop out the sliding door. So that was a good wow. That was wow. a stellar parenting moment. That's awesome. That is yeah. good. I'm sure that yeah. that affected him. He 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 paid attention. <laughs> so I decided all was not lost if I could clean this up. So um, what I've learned, too, is that when we do mess up, because we do mess up, um, yeah. is to go back and say, you know what, I did not handle that well at all. Um, and here's what I'm going to do to manage it differently in the future, you know, and here's what Beautiful. we're going to try to do. And that just being human has yeah. been really helpful. I mean, it, my son's so much calmer than he used to be and just confident in himself and just responds to things better, I think, because I respond to things better. What mm. a powerful model for wow. him of just like, cause that's even more important. I think that situation would is probably even more important than had you just handled it perfectly the first time, because you modeled for him a way of being that, you know, he's still looking to you to figure out how to be in the world, you, mm -hmm. and, you and your husband. And so you modeled for him, wow, I can make a total mistake and I don't have to beat myself up. I can just, acknowledge it and do something different next time. And that that's fantastic. What yeah. a great parenting moment. I, I think, I think the thing we run into as parents, Tina being two and a half years new to it is, and I'm only having one, one kid and, and that's all we'll have is I, what you said is very powerful is that it's, it's maybe cliche cause I've heard it said different ways, but this is my viewpoint on it. Like how, you came up with clock running fast. But my viewpoint on parenting is that I realized quickly that I was operating out of a sense of perfection, that that's the modeling I need to do. In other words, I need to hide all the imperfections. I need to hide all my faults. And and 
being a hunter type, still working on myself, there were times that I wouldn't. I love the pork chop throwing out the window story because I, I, I see your pork chop and I raise you a hamburger. So, for you know, if that helps you. Um, but, you know, what I realized after the first couple of times is I would almost avoid it. Like I would react like that and I would almost not talk about it, move on. And then thanks to my blessed, blessed wife, and we actually just celebrated our five-year anniversary yesterday. Uh, um, you know, she kind of helped in this way. She's like, no, no, no. You know, he saw you doing that action. Don't hide it after. Talk to him. You think he's two and he doesn't get it, but he gets it. The children are so freaking bright You don't that we don't give him credit enough for. And, and my long story short is that's where I learned to say, in fact, he's at an age now that he asks questions. So um, the other day, I, I, I know we, I think we talked about it. It was in your notes. I also... Um, uh, I burned the toast. I was, I was just not paying attention. Um, and I burned it pretty good. It was a pretty good fire in that toast, uh, in that toaster oven. And it was, there's a reason for it is because of, of many reasons in my personal life. I haven't been on a regular exercise routine t- until I just got back into it. But the after effects of not having been on the exercise routine have brought some of the, as Michael calls it, the fog of being a hunter yeah. type back. And so it was just about a couple weeks ago, totally just forgot the toast was in there and it's a thin piece of bread. So it burnt, put the fire out, put it away. And he asked my little boy, he said, what happened, Dada? And I was like, sign from the universe. Don't avoid it. And you know what? I sat him down and I said, you know what happened? Daddy got distracted. I don't know if he knows what that means, that word, but I feel like he does. So I I broke it down for more. I said, daddy wasn't paying attention. You know how I tell you to pay attention when you're walking so you don't run into something. So I really broke it down for him. And he actually sat and listened for 30 seconds. Now, maybe it's wishful thinking for me to think he understood me, but I feel like this is the modeling that... That is beautiful about what you're talking about. What Michael said is it's important for us to, to not avoid things and explain things to them. Yeah. And every kid, all of us need a sense of belonging. And what you gave your child was like, was I'm like you, we're all the same. We're, you know, we, I mess up too. <laughs> I mess up, you mess up. We're all going to mess up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that I, I just, I think sometimes there's, we're all trying to achieve something that's really not real, you know, like some level of perfection that does not exist at all. Um, And I think our kids feel this pressure sometimes. And I think Mm. the more we can just be real with them um, and show them how to navigate this world through our own mistakes, um, that is going to help them the most. Beautiful. That's That's beautiful. I want to shift us if we could We've, we've heard about you. We've heard about being the experience of being a female hunter type and how that's different than males and certainly than, than female counter types who are farmer types. We've talked about you and your, your children. Now take us into the professional work, which is so beautiful. Please tell us about Guiding Bright, Bright and what it is you do on a daily basis in working with gifted children. Okay. Um, so the children that I work with, um, generally are perfectionists. Um, they have a low frustration tolerance. They, um, have a great deal of anxiety, um, emotional intensity, which the pork chop is an example of that. (laughs) Um, and sometimes fear of failure. Um, and there's other things as well. Um, but then in addition, they can also have some of the hunter characteristics, which sometimes are the same anyway. Um, I do not 
as part of my work, I do not diagnose disorders in children. Um, I look at the characteristics that they have, um, and I look at the gifts that they have, and I work with them on their own stated goals, on what they feel that they need help with. Um, and also, certainly, I take the parents, you know, what the parents have to say, we kind of work that into it all. Um, and I just work from the work with children from a perspective of their gifts rather than that there's something wrong with them. Yeah. Um, and help them, I just help them come up with strategies um, that will help them, you know, feel good about themselves and um, find their place in the world, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and how do you, so if, if a parent comes to you and says, you know, this, I saw your website, I looked through and, and we definitely have like one of our kids is just all across the board, exactly what you described, like take it, take us through the process of what you do is sort of when people come to you and they say, here's, here's my kid. Like, what is the, um, what are the kind of questions you ask them and what are the things that you offer to parents to, um, give them the strategies they need to to revision, which again, I like the idea of seeing kids as gifted versus uh, another label that then they're going to have to carry the rest of their lives. Like, what what are some of the things that you you talk to parents about, and in routines or, or um, suggestions you give them as as they're revisioning how they're going to work with their with their children. Yeah, I um, I always start out meeting with the parents and talking with the parents first to try to get an understanding of what's going on. Um, and I also end up doing a lot of work in the schools and talking with teachers and getting their perspective as well. Um, yeah. And then I meet, you know, then I meet the child and kind of get a sense of that child. Um, every, every child is different. There's certain similar, you know, certainly similarities and stuff, but, um, it depends on what's the, the leading struggle that the child is having as to which yeah. direction I would go in. Um, but I do a, a lot of work with kids around anxiety, um, and trying to help them question what it is that they're actually worried about. Um, and that's mm. good for adults to do too, when you're worried about something to actually try to get to the root of what it is that you're worried about yes. and then decide whether it's accurate or not accurate because a lot of times it's just stuff that's most of the time it's not real. Yes. Um, and then to try to change that thought. So it's really some cognitive behavioral therapy stuff that I do a lot with kids. Um, and I also work with kids a lot on the hunter characteristics and how to um, – slow their engine down as I, you know, some kids that can do the clock, the engine, there's different things that I do with kids. Sure. Um, anyway, there's a whole variety of, um, of things that I do and um, offer for children, but it, it, it's just so individual based on the needs of the child. And that is, once again, as a reminder, at guidingbright.com, beautiful website. Her blog is amazing. Please, for parents out there, for moms and dads, with gifted children, this blog is fundamentally just profound and so important and a great read. Um, ever since uh, now getting connected with Tina through Michael, it is definitely on my favorites, on my bookmark. And uh, I'm a reader of, of your blog and the things that you say in there. I want to go back to one point if we could. Um, Michael, uh, 
I heard something that I wrote down that, that I want to bring back to kind of um, your research and what you and I have talked about on the podcast, both about ourselves and about, you know, generally being a hunter type. I loved what Tina said about uh, fear, anxiety, worrying yeah. actually specifically. And, you know, um, is it real? Is it accurate? Does that go back to do hunter? Do we p- remind people who may not have listened to earlier podcasts? Do hunter yeah. types process worrying on a much more intense level? Is that why this is a good exercise both for kids and adults? Is there something to the hunter type and how we process worrying? Yeah, I mean, it definitely anxiety is is a kind of definitely probably my number one of like of the different challenges. Anxiety is very much up there, and I think it has to do with sort of that obsessive, obsessive, restless brain. Mm. Uh, It seems to be connected to that of just like diving in and like, it's that, um, so if you think in terms of being caught by like external stimuli, we can sit and just get locked into exercise or behavior for long periods of time. That same mechanism can turn in on itself. And then it's like, oh, what if this happened? And then this happened, this happened. And that spin, that's where that, dopamine hit comes from like into the anxieties there that's my theory i won't say i I can't say that for sure but what i've seen is that pattern holds true for many hunter types some more than others and so i I definitely relate with tina on this one because i know anxiety if i can be like oh i'm I'm definitely a worrier i will be like oh what if this happened this happened and then just it just spins out and so it is i'd say almost all of the people that i've coached it's it's almost you know it's 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 not always the number one piece but it's usually it's high up there it. yeah yeah and it's and full transparency i've mentioned on the podcast before this is absolutely right up there probably my my number one trait that i constantly am working on as being a hunter type and i love what tina said earlier is that um a long time ago my wife's like you're you're when you're in that state uh tina talked about being in that state um, it's definitely something my son notices and picks up on. And as I've worked on it, he's exhibited those traits less. So that's big. But I, I'm, I'm really curious. I mean, we, we have so much. You've mentioned so much stuff, Tina, that, you know, we could we could go on for a couple hours. But something else really intrigued me specifically to kids, since this is what you do. You work with gifted children, hunter type children and their families. I'm really curious from your perspective, your professional perspective, and it's definitely an opinion question I'm asking you, but I'm curious for myself because it's a debate I've gotten into with friends over the years. Have you noticed an upward trend in anxiety and children? And if so, what do you attest that to? In other words, what have you found to be the sources of, if, if you agree that, that children overall, there's a lot more anxiety and stress on them than in generations before. Yes, and I think there is so much pressure on kids right now, all the testing that's going on in schools. Um, I mean, we are comparing kids to each other, you know, pretty much from the get-go, you know. Um, I I just think, we, for one, we have them living in a pretty unnatural world right now, (laughs) and I think that in itself creates um, anxiety because they're not necessarily getting the things that they naturally need. Um, but I think the pressure that our society puts on children um, to perform has definitely increased anxiety. Um, in my mind, there's no question to that. It's just, I wish we could relax a little bit and let kids just play. <laughs> um, yes. even, in, even in activities, we choose structured activities in which there's pressure there too. And 
I think not that there can't be, there's definitely benefit in structured activity. So don't hear me saying otherwise, but I think we really kind of negate or, or not negate, but we don't, we don't realize that kids really just need time to themselves to daydream and think and play and imagine. And that is, that is pretty essential to their, um, to their development, you know, to their healthy development. And instead they're in school all day trying to focus and they're going to this activity and that activity, then they're doing homework and they're falling into bed. Yeah. And it's crazy. That, that's it. I, I think that this is a very strange time to be a child. And <laughs> it's important to, to experience the real world. Uh, you're, you're actually blessed where you're living. I mean, nature is such a strong part of where, where you live. But I mean, if you, people are living in cities, and it's much more difficult to like connect in with the the deeper rhythms of life around them that are not man-made um and you know the point i want to make about your work tina that i think is really important to our audience is um many people have reached out to me and to, to us at the podcast who are parents and have you know undoubtedly they'll say you know we listen to the podcast it's really helping out and i have one or two children that are hunter type children and then they've there's been questions about, you know, what can we do for them? So I, I want to say to those people, please reach out to Tina. She's doing outstanding work and she's in the context of, of what we share on the podcast. I know, um, there's many sources of uh, support out there, but I know many of you like kind of working within the, um, the constructs of what we've created through the podcast and through the book. So I w really encourage you to reach out to Tina. She's very skilled at what she does. Uh, take a look at the website, um, give her a ring, uh, and su support this kind of work because this is the kind of work that really does go into the world, make a difference, and make shifts. And then this information can then spread to other people like how you can use nutrition and in re-perceiving um, both adults and children who are wired the way we're wired, not as uh, having some kind of disorder, but as gifted, as like we have a specific gift and we need to organize our life in such a way that we can manifest that gift in the world most most efficiently. So Tina, any, any thoughts, like any, any uh, points you'd like to make in, in closing? Well, I would just like to, um, you know, suggest that if folks would like to get some more information, please go to my website at www.guidingbright.com. Um, I have a blog that's a, I call it a parent support blog um, that's got lots of ideas and thoughts about parenting, um, particularly hunter kids um, and gifted kids and um, kids with anxiety and all of that good stuff. Um, and please like my page on Facebook. Um, I am in the process of working on a um, creating a video. Um, it's called The Young Hunter, and it's a story about um, a hunter, a, an ancient hunter, um, and his daily activities, and then kind of fast forwards to a descendant of that hunter sitting in her class at, in school in modern day times, yeah. and those um, connections. Um, and I also have some family discussion questions that will be a part of that. So anyway, that will be coming out shortly. Um, so I just wanted to mention that as well. Tina, Tina, I just wanted to say in wrapping up a sincere and a, and a genuine thank you for a few things. So let me, let me get these out of the way. And if you blush virtually, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being who you are. 
thank you for showing up to the world and thank you for being um, an aid to both hunter types, female hunter types, and, and being an example of, of what it's like to transform, that you can work on this process, uh, female or male. Um, I hope our female audience got from this what they've been asking for, which is a, a female hunter type that's that's working on it. So just for audience to know, it's not just us guys. The women yeah. are out there too. And thank you for your time. I can't uh, over mention how much I got out of this today, and I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you so much. I'm really, really honored that you guys um, had me as a guest. Thanks so much. Well, we definitely hope to have you back. There's much more we could discuss. Absolutely. Please remember, she is at guidingbright.com. You can contact her there, ask her questions. Her blog is stunningly amazing for parents with gifted children. And I am inspired and, and joyous and, and grateful. And uh, Michael, any closing thoughts for you, my friend? No, this is the, I'd just like to say, you know, just as, as Tina is doing now, I mean, we encourage you to take uh, the, this material that we, we're talking about, these concepts, and share them. You know, get them out into the world, see how you can, one, integrate them into your own life, and then also see how you can give back. Like, how, how can you mentor children who are similarly wired, whether or not you have kids? Like, how do you share this information with other people? To, to Especially, again, going back to just re-perceiving uh, especially children as being being gifted versus having a disorder and then just throwing them on meds without giving any other context. And so um, I just I'm very inspired and uh, really appreciate uh, Tina you coming in. That's it's just been outstanding. Thank you, Michael. Um, I have to thank you for conversations like this because we all wouldn't be here on a Saturday morning if not for you and this book and this project. So thank you for your efforts, my friend. Uh, thank you. Thanks for the for X, I, I always keeping it all together. <laughs> I try. Appreciate I it. try. <laughs> Remember, please, we are a small press. Help spread the word, as Michael's been saying. Uh, reviews are really helpful. Um, Goodreads, which is where you can review the book. We are almost there. Boys, girls, men, children of all types. Help us be the number one book on ADD, ADHD on Goodreads. Please join Goodreads and vote and see the link on this podcast and on our Facebook page. Help us get to number one. We would really appreciate it since we're such a small press. Uh, ideas on getting the words out is always helpful. Remember the feedback you give, Michael, believe me, is what gives this show life. Tina would not be on if not for your feedback that said our female hunter type said, bring us a female hunter type. We want to hear from them. And so voila, Tina comes on the show. Get this info out to institutions, social workers, progressive psychologists. Michael does seminars on the book and on the topic in general. And um, we always appreciate your feedback and we get so much, as Michael calls it, juice from the feedback that you give, letting us know how you're doing, how you're doing with the book, where you are, your inspirations, your challenges, all of that. Believe me, we read every single email that comes in and we're always grateful for um, the community that we're building. The website, of course, is drummerandthegreatmountain.com. We've told you about leaving reviews on Goodreads. Please keep the reviews coming on iTunes. We've got a couple nice ones recently. And so grateful always for these conversations and for growing the community. And as we always say on the Drummer and the Great Mountain podcast, please take care of yourselves and your health. Be well. <laughs>